0: Again, SMMarketingSociety.com.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooks Ellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Rich Brooks and we'll explore how he's been able to build a successful marketing conference, The Agents of Change, which has been running since 2012. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow the show so you don't miss any more of our future content.
0: I was recently at Social Media Marketing World We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today.
1: Let's transition over to this week's guest, Rich. To help
2: explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is this week's expert guide.
1: Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be joined by my friend Rich Brooks today. And if you haven't heard of Rich, he has owned his company, Flight New Media, for 26 years. They essentially help small businesses and nonprofits increase their online visibility, get more qualified traffic to their site, and then help them convert that traffic into leads and business. In 2012, Rich started Agents of Change, which is not only a weekly podcast, it's also an annual conference that's all about helping marketers succeed today while still keeping an eye
2: on tomorrow. Rich, welcome to the show. Brooke, thanks so much for having me. It's always so nice to see you. Love getting an excuse.
1: Yay. Yeah. I love seeing you. And just as a And aside, Rich and I are in a mastermind together, so we do get to see each other at least through the computer often enough. (laughs)
2: Yes, so we get to talk about business every couple weeks,
1: right? So we're gonna hit on some of the topics that we talk about there today. Here, so first question always is, why did you decide to start your agency?
2: What made you take the leap? Oh, now of course I have to go back 26 years. At the time, I was doing sales for a company which I was enjoying until they actually said, oh you know how to build websites? Why don't we put you in the office? And it turns out that office life was not for me, at least not working for somebody else. I was really fascinated by computers and the internet. I I was reading articles in the Boston Globe at the time about all the reporters who were on the internet and using the internet. And I'm like, enough that these reporters knew more than I did about computers and the internet because I had always prided myself on knowing a lot about computers. So I went out, I bought a uh, Mac Performa back in the day to get on the internet. That turned out to be a terrible choice, even though I'm an Apple fanboy. Back then, Apple wasn't as strong and they certainly had difficulty getting you on the internet. So I had to kind of teach myself a bunch of stuff, but ultimately got on there and Started to learn how to build web pages, which is why my company ended up taking me off the road and putting me in the office. But because of all that, I said, you know what? What if I just did my own thing for a, for a little while? I'll build some websites before I decide on what to do next. Thinking that within two years I'd be out of a job because by then designers would learn how to program or programmers would learn how to design, and I'd be out of business. So I didn't know back then that you could actually hire people to do this work for you, which is where I find myself today.
1: What an awesome journey. So let's go on to the second question, which is, you know, I've been to your conference a couple of times, but what made you produce Agents of Change, the, the live event? And how does that event serve flight? Like, what's the intention of that event for flight?
2: Yeah, so Agents of Change started... Because I was attending other events. I was attending Blog World back in the day and South by Southwest. And I don't even believe that at this point, Social Media Marketing World, which quickly became one of my favorite conferences to attend, had even started. But when I went to these big cities, Austin, Texas, Vegas, L.A., to go to these conferences, I rarely ran into another Mainer, another person from Maine. And so it's like, what if I could take some of this energy and kind of bring it back home and maybe start my own event? And that's more or less what I did. So at the beginning, it wasn't anything to do with flight. It was more about how do you, how, like, let's just bring this information and this knowledge back to Maine because there weren't enough people leaving Maine to get it. So um, luckily, during those years of speaking and attending Blog World and those other conferences, I got to know a lot of the big names of the day. And usually at an after hours party when there was tequila being served, I would start talking about Maine and they'd be like, oh, it was two reactions. Either, oh, I've always wanted to go to Maine or, oh, my God, my parents owned a camp up there when I was a kid. I want to go back. And by the way, camp does not mean like a summer camp. It means a a cottage that is not open year round. That's that's how Mainers call it. They call it camp. That's why they say things like, we're going up to camp. Anyway, I digress. So I ended up talking to these people and got them really excited about Maine. And then over to we convinced them to come to Maine and speak at my conference. And that's really how it came about. So I was bringing this group in. And at the time, everybody was talking about social media. But I, running a business and seeing what my clients needed, also realized that search had to be part of the conversation, SEO. And it was also 2012, and, and there, were the, there weren't, in my opinion, enough people talking about the impact of mobile marketing. Even though the iPhone wasn't really a thing then, I just felt like you know we need to be talking about this. So we basically said that the first iteration of Agents of Change was going to be all about search, social, and mobile marketing. That was the conference and brought people in primarily from New England, although we do get a few people who will travel long distances to come to the conference. And it's been, it has been went strong for eight years. We took COVID off. We're coming back this year. Over the years, I realized the benefit it could have to Flight New Media as an agency. And that wasn't the original purpose, but it definitely has become one of the reasons why we continue to run the conference. Because when I am up there speaking, and whether it's my presentation or I'm introducing other speakers, people in the audience, often local people, are seeing me not just with the Agents of Change head-on but also the flight new media had. And so when we ask new businesses, new clients, how they heard of us, very often the answer is something along the lines of, well, I've been attending Agents of Change for years and I'm finally ready for a website. We're finally ready for SEO. And so, of course, we thought of you. So it has been a great tool for generating leads and awareness and has got us into boardrooms and offices that we never would have gotten into otherwise.
1: So it sounds like it was almost like community led at first, like you wanted to serve the community of Portland and thereby Maine by bringing some of these marketing geniuses to the state. And then it kind of turned into, you know, a business objective for flight. So can you expand a little bit on like, as that progressed into a business objective for flight? What does that look like now? Now that you've kind of like, okay, we've done it. We've been doing it for a while. And now we want to achieve these things.
2: Well, first of all, I think you're making me out to be a much kinder hearted and selfless person than I actually am. I was like, let's bring all those people here so I can throw a big party and be the center of attention. Ah. But I know where you're, I know, I can see where you were being misled. All that being said, yeah, now it, now it is something that is about agents of change as a lead gen tool for flight. And not only that, it's still all the other things. It's about bringing new ideas to our local community, and it's about bringing people together. I mean, there's great energy at the event every year, so that's been all part of it. But yeah, it's something that when my director of operations says, I don't see how we're going to make a profit at this this year and wants to shut the whole thing down, that usually comes from outside consultants, too. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. If we just break even with the conference, but then we get a couple jobs out of it, it's just marketing. And marketing costs money. It's an investment in our future. It's an investment in our pipeline. It establishes our expertise, all this sort of thing. So it's also something that's very challenging for other local businesses to compete with, other local agencies. And I talk about this idea a lot in my remarkability formula, which is something I talk about, but the idea of how to stand out. And It's not just about standing out, it's about finding something that makes you stand out that's hard to replicate. And if I came up with a great plan for SEO or Facebook ads, it's only going to take a few minutes before somebody notices it and can steal it from me. But the idea of putting on a conference, I mean, we put in well over 500 hours towards putting on this event every year, which is why I say it's hard to know if we break even, lose money, make money on a given year, because it takes so much of our our time that could be spent doing other things on this conference. So for my purpose, it's really about building up that awareness, which always leads to new business. And it has become part of the argument for continuing to have agents of change. We did originally, we were going to take a year off anyway, and then COVID happened. But we were like, let's see what happens to our business if we take a year off. Do we make more money because we'll actually be able to put that time and energy towards billable hours? Or will we see our pipeline dry up because we're now, you know, out of sight, out of mind? And, you know, it definitely, we don't see as much activity now from the agents of change with three years off. So I think bringing it back will end up being a good thing. Not that we can handle any more work right now, but, but yeah, it definitely is an ongoing tool that really helps separate us from everybody else because it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work. And you do such a great job. I've actually attended a few times Agents of Change and it's a really well run event. So you're running it. It went from community led, which we'll just go ahead and give that to you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you started to realize like, hey, we can produce leads from this. So first question I have there is like, how do you follow up with leads from the event? Like, what does that process look like?
2: That's a great question, Brooke, because it is a little bit different. So if I'm on stage at another event and I have some call to action about downloading slides or whatever it is, or if you want a free consult with me, write your name on the back of your business card or a smiley face, which is something I often do when I'm presenting to an audience that could be good clients for flight. I'll do that and then I follow up with them. We've got a whole drip campaign, whatever. But for the agents of change, it is a little different, because first of all, everybody's already on our list. I don't need to ask for anybody's contact information, because when they signed up for the conference, they became part of our our audience, our community, and they started getting emails and other communications from us. I have found that a very light touch is all that I need. Basically, it's more about awareness. They see me up on stage. Uh, We will often have, of course, we have our own Flight New Media booth at the event, and depending on the year, we've had different members of our team doing free on, you know, spot check consults with people, you know, our designers talking about branding on, you know, so there's always been that. In fact, interestingly, I had a friend of ours who I had been trying to get their business for years is another couple that does work that I was like, we could be helping you so much. And they were always like, I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to spend the money. They won a free ticket to the conference. They came, they ended up getting a free consult with my creative director and next thing I knew, they signed a deal for $25,000 with a website design. And I'm oh, like, "Wow, why <laughs> didn't you, you wouldn't, when it was $5,000, you told me it was too much. So uh, yeah, it's just interesting when you get people in the room and a similar story, we had a client come on, they didn't want any marketing. They just wanted a website that they could point people to, but the guy decided to attend the conference and literally about three presentations into the conference, he tracks me down, grabs me by the arm, he goes... Monday morning, Rich, we need to talk. I'm doing SEO, I'm doing paid search, I'm doing everything. (laughs) I'm like, all right, let's do this. So it's that idea of educating your clients. Like they may not know what you do or all the ways that you can help them. So that's just another benefit of putting on an event like that.
1: Yeah. So it's almost like client retention and lead generation at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can do acquisition and retention with the, with, the same marketing thing, one event. I mean, that's, that's what we say, cooking with grease down south. <laughs> so you just shared a couple of notable wins that you had from hosting the event. I wonder, do you or how do you keep track of how those wins positively impacted your business? So how do you keep attributing that reoccurring income if they continued to work with you to the event? Or do you?
2: I only measure to a certain degree. So like, I know that there are great marketers out there that are about, okay, this lead came in and we can give 25% to SEO and 25% to word of mouth and 50% to the agents of change. That's not me. If I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, how'd you hear of us? And they say, I've been going to your conference. I'm like, conference, that's all I really, you know, because (laughs) we're going to put the conference on anyways. We're not going to do anything different. If all of a sudden we're not getting any leads from the conference, people stop attending, they're not getting something out of it. You know? then fine, we'll we'll reconsider whether or not we want to put on the conference. But I can tell by the energy in the audience. I can tell from people just, you know, anecdotally telling me, listen, I I chose you because of this, or at least we're considering you for the job because of the conference you put on then i know that it's doing good work. and so that's that's really all as far as my personal measurement goes. john paglio who you know my my digital marketing manager Hi, john. he might be <laughs> he might be a little bit more particular about tracking down every utm code. and i do love utm codes, don't get me wrong, but i only take it so far. it's more of a it's almost more anecdotal than it is pure numbers. but then i can take a look at the clients who came in through let's call it the agents of change channel and see that we got recurring revenue out of them. So that's like $24,000 for the year or whatever it might be. And they continue on. So in my mind, if we can come close to breaking even after we've added in our time, then every job we get after that is basically getting that work for free. And sometimes those jobs don't come in right away. Like I said, sometimes it is years later because they'll say, oh, I went to the conference and I look and it's like, you went to the conference in 2013. You could have built your three websites by now.
1: So what other, because you're mentioning all these cool things. So my mind's going in a million different directions, but what other notable wins or benefits or opportunities have you gotten as a direct result? Whether it was immediately or years later, like partnerships, collaborations, anything like that?
2: I wish I was a better partner and collaborator. (laughs) I think part of the reason I started the conference was because I had a previous conference with two partners, and after three years the band broke up. And I think a small part of that, or maybe a not so small part of that, was the fact that I was doing what I felt was the a lot of the work and not being able to make the final decision. As an example, after we had a huge uh, mishap in year two of the previous conference, where there was no breakfast being served. When we told, I literally sent an email, don't eat breakfast, we've got breakfast for you. And 400 hungry people show up and how are they going to survive until lunch? Oh. I ended up scrambling around, talking, you know, got everything. I mean, it was not a great breakfast. There were ginormous bowls of yogurt and a few <laughs> breakfast bars to get people through to lunch. But I was completely stressed. And I, that was right before I took the stage. So I said, next year, we really need a, uh, an event planner. And my partner's like, ah, we shouldn't spend the money. I'm like, you showed up after this all went down. like yeah. So uh, that was kind of like, and this is how I run my company as Benevolent Dictator. Like I listen to every idea. I want to hear what people have to say. You're all smarter than me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to make that final decision on what feels right to me. So that's part of the reason why I run the conference kind of like the way I do. But in terms of other benefits, I mean, partially, and one reason I did start it, it was just the idea of being up on stage. Right, and I do like being up on stage. It's my favorite way to share information. So there's that energy that comes from that. There's also benefits of making connections with other speakers, other presenters, other thought leaders. So there's the idea of if I'm getting photos taken of me and John Lee Dumas or Amy Porterfield, both who have spoken at my conference in years past, that just kind of helps my overall visibility anyway. So these are these are ways that I can connect with some of the thought leaders and build relationships with some of them as well, which often come back to help me down the road. Sometimes it might be that they ask me to speak at their event. Sometimes it might be that we coordinate and do something together. So there's just a lot of those kind of networking benefits too.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Gosh, I feel like
2: we, you and I met at an event. I think we knew of each other. Yes. But it was when you were stalking me at the baggage claim at uh, Social Media Marketing World. It was yes. like the first thing. Yeah.
1: It was Social Media Marketing World. Look at Social Media Marketing. It's always bringing people together. <laughs> so we talked about how you measure and how you don't measure, but. What about for your team? Do you give them any sort of marketing objectives as the event comes up? I know you're planning this year's event. So, what is, what goes out to the team as far as marketing objectives, or do you track any specific metrics? Do you use any special tools that are like event
2: specific or anything like that? God, you make me feel like there's so much more I could be doing. How <laughs> are we five hundred hours? I'll need a thousand. Well, first of all, so it's we're in an interesting year where we did take three years off, and we've had a lot of new hires that started during or after COVID. So half of my team has never been to an Agents of Change. So right now this year, I'm just like excited to bring them into the fold and have them be part of it. We have talked about some ideas of, are we going to have somebody manning the table who will be doing free consults and stuff like that? So that's part of what we're doing. My number one goal is right now, my number one metric is sellout. We're in a new space this year. It's a little bit smaller because we wanted to kind of hedge our bets about whether people would be ready for an in-person event. And so where we used to be in a place that could hold up to 500 people, and usually we brought in three to 400 people, this year we're in a space that's between 200 to 250 people. And that just felt a lot more manageable for our first year back in a while. So my number one goal, fill the seats because it's all about the energy in the room and if we had 250 people in the new space which is this great event space called Aura in town that'll feel so energetic but if I only got the same number of people at USM and Hannaford Hall, where we used to have the event, which is a great space also, it would feel empty and there'd just be no energy. So right. you know, that's the whole thing. If we get 200 to 250 people in there, it's going to feel great. There's going to be great energy. I'm not worried about the quality of the presenters. I know they're all fantastic. The The topics are great. I'm not worried about any of that. Once you hit that magic number for us, it'll be, I would say, 225 will be really what I'm shooting for. Then I know everything else will take care of itself.
1: So besides filling seats, like I'm just digging into your brain here, but besides filling seats, like what's next? You can't just stop there, don't you? We're business owners. We don't just stop at the first goal. So I know you have like something beyond that.
2: You know, when I ever when I talk to people about putting on their own events, because I've had a lot of people over the years come to me and ask me about, you know, the behind the scenes of Agents of Change, how I do things, you know, they want to put on their own events. I talk about the idea of what I call the three S's, which is speakers, sponsors, and seats. So seats we just talked about. It's filling seats. Speakers, you know, obviously getting the best quality speakers you can afford to bring in. And then sponsors would be the third one. And we don't have a lot of runway this year. So I've really reduced what I'm hoping to get for sponsorships. That's another goal. I don't know that my team can really help me out with this. This is really driven by networking or network and personality and perseverance. So I'm literally knocking on doors, dialing for dollars right now, that kind of thing, to bring in a few local companies or providers of marketing services or software to come and help underwrite some of those costs for us. And then, of course, you know, to your point, will we follow up after the conference? Of course. We'll send out a number of emails after the conference, um, some follow-up stuff. We do a two or three camera recording of the event and put it together very professionally. Some people uh, will will get that as well. So, you know, and, and we'll try and upsell people on it too. So there'll be opportunities, but really it's more about building connections. Just because you went to the conference doesn't mean that you want flights services. So it's, we want to make them aware of it and we'll probably get them on our mailing list, but it's not going to be like, we're going to call up 200 people and be like, hey, do you want to buy a website from us now? It's just that's not who we are.
1: Can I put you on the spot? Yeah. (laughs) Will you kind of give us an inside look, like pretend like I'm one of those sponsors that you're going after. I'm B squared media. I'm in Maine and you know, we provide something that would be relevant to your show, your event. How would you, how do you make
2: that pitch? So it's so funny. I like to think of myself as a pretty good salesperson. I love this. But if I have an Achilles heel it's selling sponsorships. I mean, I have no problem <laughs> buying sponsorships into somebody else's event. Yeah. But when I go to somebody and I say, hey, listen, I need five or $10,000. And they're like, for what? And I'm like, so I can put your name on a poster at my event. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I know there's more to it, but I'm terrible at that piece of it, which is probably why that's never been the strongest of my three S's. But usually when I was in the zone and Agents of Change was really humming around, humming along before COVID hit, I would actually get people into a three year contract. And the reason I said, I did that is I said, look, if you come one year, you might get a lead or two. It's about the people who show up year after year after year where they're almost expecting you to be there that's how you gain a presence and that's how you gain a foothold. If you want to do that, let's come up with a three-year plan for you. I get people requesting to sponsor my podcast all the time and we don't have sponsorships for the podcast, but I'll be like, listen, get a sponsorship for the conference yeah," and I'll talk you up in you know all these different episodes and somehow they just can't seem to make the mental jump from one to the other. And it is tricky. So I, I have a n- number of networking groups that I'm part of and, and one of the networking groups is a lot of B two B stuff, and we've talked about it in the past. You know, I've reached out to all of them about putting on, you know, putting some money towards AOC, and a lot of them is just like, but your audience isn't our audience. Like you're talking to marketers and maybe you know business owners. Business owners are, they're interested in, but they would probably rather go and sponsor an event put on by the chamber specifically for that. So for us in the past, it's been like companies that provide email marketing services are a good fit. Companies that do social media marketing software are a good fit, or like local banks and stuff, people just want some visibility and things like that. Yeah. But in part because of the short runway this year, it's looking like a lot of media trades, like the local business magazine, the local newspaper, and we're just doing some trading and stuff like that. And in years past, sometimes I've put myself on the on the trading block. I'll be like, and I'll come in and train all your staff on how to use LinkedIn and things like that. So we try and get creative That's on that.
1: cool. Uh-huh. Because
2: even if I can't get um, actual dollars to help underwrite it, sometimes I'll look for other types of sponsorship. So for example, for years, and again, this is brand new, so I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but for years, main brew bus is this, is this bus that basically you takes you out to different distilleries, breweries, and wineries around town, gives you the tour, I'm sure There's something like that in every city in America, but Maine is really well known for its beer. And so we did a deal with them where basically we gave away their swag. They became a sponsor. Not only did they give a speaker, all of our speakers a free tour of some of the local breweries and and the speakers who go on it always love it. They say it's such a great event, but they also act as our taxi between the hotel and the uh, event itself. So they all like in the morning, all the speakers get up, go downstairs, they get on the brew bus and the brew bus brings them over to the conference. So things like that, or we've had in years past, we've had a liquor sponsor who's a friend of mine, and he basically puts. Is the, that Split Rock? Split Rock Distilling, right? So we, they they put together different drinks. We came up with some themed cocktails, like the hashtag Highball and stuff like that. <laughs> that was um, great. I remember yeah. that. And so, like, and they gave us a lot of swag. So things like that, we try and find those kind of partnerships. Uh, This year, we won't be able to do a deal with them because the event space that we're in is a bar. They've got their own rules and regulations, but uh, maybe we can do something. They also have a syrup company for mixing spirits. Maybe we'll do that.
1: So in years past, I've both attended and been a speaker. You had those little, and they're delicious, those little like. Those little bottles that you put in the speaker bags, those syrups. Yes. yeah, yeah, those
2: little syrups, right?
1: Oh, man, good times. So it sounds like you have a lot of different ways to view partnerships, which I love, right? Because it's not always about money. You know, I, I do a lot of nonprofit work and we say there's the three Ts, right? You can give your time, you can give your talent, or you can give your treasure, your money. And so it sounds like some of the trades that you've made with these sponsors has been, you know, your your time and your talent
2: quite honestly. Yeah, it can be. I mean, if somebody's listening to this and they're in a place where maybe they're in a place in the country or the world where they're like, I, I could be doing this. No one else in my area is doing this. I'm going to be the first. Even if you can't get somebody to donate 1000 thousand, five thousand, ten thousand $5,000, $10,000 for a sponsorship, there are ways that you can bring down your costs. And I've seen other conferences that tend to be that more regional, smaller conferences doing things like, the food is either uh, free or discounted from a local vendor who then gets to become a sponsor and gets to attend things like that. So there's always those opportunities as well. And, you know, it, it takes time. And you may wonder, is it worth it? But you're also building relationships with local businesses. And if that's important to your agency, that can be very beneficial as well. And these aren't necessarily clients of ours. In fact, some of them may be working with competitors of ours, but it's fine. Like they don't have to come work with flight. We just, let's start a relationship. And I think that kind of raises your prestige and your value in the community anyway. And it's just an opportunity for you to be making connections and and helping out other businesses. And that's always good for your own business.
1: I love that. Yeah. I think that's that's a, a stellar approach because even if they're not sponsoring they're still kind of seeing you you're still top of mind they're still seeing you as a thought leader so speaking of you know the the new event and kind of figuring out you know what's what money wise are you looking at this year since you're coming back after a three-year hiatus are you looking at this year a little more are you scrutinizing things a little bit more about to understand like where overall cost and roi are associated with the event like how do you plan to implement, I guess first, maximize ROI for
2: this event besides butts and seats, or is it just butts and seats? For me, it's mostly butts and seats, quite honestly, because I think everything else comes from that. Now you talk to my director of operation, she has a very different view of the bottom <laughs> line in ROI, and we have very energetic discussions about what our time is worth when we put them into this event. But if I go back and, and like I said, I we we had this outside business consultant or business team for years was like I don't think agents of change is worth it like I don't see the value I don't you know it's like it's costing you money every year and I'm like I just disagree I just fundamentally disagree and another person a friend of ours who puts on events and I asked him about the ROI and he goes who cares about the ROI it's marketing like I'm not trying to make money on this event if I lose money that's fine too it's like but I'm getting in front of these people and it just kind of it's it's all part of his approach and I like that approach I mean I would like to make money on the conference or at least make sure that I've, we always cover our expenses outside of worker hours or opportunity costs. That's always the kind of murky bucket that you sometimes struggle. Like, do we bill out at our full rate? Do we give ourselves a discounted rate? Because if we <laughs> bill out our full rate, we're down $10,000. But then on the other hand, well, we just made all this money from agents of change. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, do I put my money in one pocket or the other? So I, I try not to worry about that because I also like putting on events. Like if you don't like putting on events, this is not how you should do it, right? Like find another area of remarkability, find another way to win business. But if you enjoy this and if you are like me and you love being on stage and you love the energy of bringing people together who are pushing for a common cause, even if they compete with each other, then yeah, events are well worth it. And it is a ton of work. And usually about with the two or three weeks leading up, I am miserable. And then as soon as that last speaker steps off stage, I am like, I cannot wait until next year. Like it's just (laughs) like that immediately forgetting about all the pain and agony and just that enjoyment. And when you put on a good event, the intrinsic value you get from that, aside of whether you were profitable or not, whether you got leads or not, it's just, it's this great feeling. And when you put on a good event, people take notice of that. And they're very complimentary. And I people come up to me all the time. For three years, people were like, are you bringing back the agents of change this year? And I was like, well, I definitely think we've got a core audience here. And now it's just a matter of, can we move past that core audience to bring in some new people to make sure that we fill those seats?
1: So, okay, we know that ROI is different for every person and for you, not necessarily money, right, is a a success or a win for you. So let's When it comes to
2: events. When it comes to events, yes. I still have bills to pay. I've got dreams. I want a lake house. I need to pay all my employees a good wage. Like, I want to make money. Don't get me wrong. I am a capitalist. But I'm just saying that this in and of itself, I can view as something where let's just not lose money at this and it's going to be successful.
1: Got it. Okay, So let's talk about the the cost of the events because you're saying like, hey, if I break even, it's fine. Is there anything shocking or surprising about the cost of things, or like, what kind of tip or warning would you give to another agency owner who's thinking about stepping into events?
2: Yeah. So your big events are going to be the event space itself. So if you happen to have office space, and here's the other piece of advice I love giving people is you can start small. You do not have to go for a 400 or 4,000 person event. You can go with Getting 12 people in a room that you get for free at the Chamber of Commerce, and that could be the most successful event possible. Like, it's not about the size of the event. It's about the audience and what you're looking to accomplish. That being said, if you did want to put on something with 50 or 100 or 500 people in it, you are going to have to rent a space. You are going to have to bring in food unless you're really going to plan around it. And food is its own nightmare because Invariably somebody's going to be like, so the only vegan option is salad? You know, there's always going to be those people. I've had people come up to me and say, you call yourself an agent of change, but I see you're still serving soda with lunch. And I'm like, I, I'm not an anti sugar conference. I am literally a marketing conference. Like, why are you in my face about this? Also, Brooke needs her Diet Coke. <laughs> right. So like, you're never going to make everybody happy when it comes to food. That's one thing I've realized. It's always the number one thing people are going to complain about or rave about. Really? Uh, but food, oh yeah. Food costs money. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, the
1: food's expensive, I'm sure. An
2: open bar costs money. We don't have an open bar, but we do have one one or two drink tickets per person because I, I like to give people a reason to stick around and network. Bringing in speakers can be expensive. It depends on whether you're paying them And I know I've had some speakers over the years who do require payment. And even though they've given me sweetheart deals, it still is a huge impact on whether or not we can be profitable that year. And it's interesting because nobody who comes to the conference knows any of the people I'm so excited about bringing in. (laughs) I remember bringing in Jay Bear, Jay Bear, Me, Jay And the only person who knew it was one other guy who um, was really into marketing. And everybody else was like he's really good. You should try and get him again. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll make a note of that. I was there that year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously, Obviously. Jay's fantastic. (laughs) One of the best speakers around today in marketing. And then Are you going to fly the speakers in? Are you going to put them up? Are you going to take... I mean, in Maine, I have to take them out to a lobster dinner, right? I mean, that's a no-brainer. A lot of them had never had lobster gone to a lobster shack, so we have to do things like that. So there's just those kind of expenses. Then you also want to treat your speakers as well as possible. You want to have them have a good feeling about it. So we always try and put together a nice... A speaker gift bag filled with local treats and from local companies and things like that. So, those actually come through barter, most of them. But, you know, there are things that we have to, it's just part of the bottom line. And then advertising. We're trying to get away with as little advertising this year as possible. We're not going to advertise. And I mean, like, we're marketing, but we're not spending on any ads yet. We'll wait at least until we get a little bit further along because actually, right now, our tickets are at the cheapest, which If you're an event planner, that means you make the least money off of the early bird ticket sales. So it's almost better if everybody bought them day of, except then you would be pulling out your hair and worried about everything. So it's about finding a mix there. So there's advertising dollars. We have budgeted $5,000 for local ads this year, above and beyond the sponsorships we've done with some local companies as well. So, you know, that's kind of those are some of the expenses that you want to keep an eye on. And if you like I said, start small. Pull in only local speakers who don't need a place to stay and are going to drive over. Maybe you schedule it so you only have to pay for lunch. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it to keep your cost down in year one and kind of see what works and what doesn't work for you.
1: That's great advice. And yeah, it's funny to think about like you were saying all the other things, I was making logistics, logistic, logistics. And then you said paid ads. And I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's a, that's another big cost.
2: Cause we have our own audience through agents of change for years and through flight new medium being around. And, and, you know, we've been around for 26 years. A lot of people know who we are, but there's always people who don't. And then there's people who might not know about the conference. And we want to bring in people who have never heard of us. So that's where the advertising, especially like Facebook ads, probably more than Google ads, although we might do a little bit of both and see what happens. And, uh, experiment with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So looking back at all of the events that you've had in the previous years, is there anything that you would have done differently when planning or executing the event?
2: I'm sure there must be a thousand different things that I would do differently, but I feel like at this point we're really honed it in. I mean, when we, we made up a whole bunch of posters uh, for year one and we put the year on it. And then from then on in, all of our promotional posters that we use every year said 2012. So that was kind of annoying. Like it was just like, I didn't really think about that sort of stuff. We put a lot of time and energy into the branding of Agents of Change before we released it to the public. And we just went through a rebrand, which you can see at our website, theagentsofchange.com, because it started off with just three agents. And then we added three new agents when we rebooted, uh, including AI, blockchain, and Neuro for neuro marketing. Part of it's just It's a matter of iteration more than there was one terrible mistake that I made. I think it's just been a learning experience. I don't really feel bad about any of the choices that we've made over the years. I did learn that when you have everybody trying to eat lunch at once, buffet tables are terrible for 400 people and always have a box lunch. That's one thing I've learned. And always have water as a choice for the retired nurses who yell at you because you're serving soda with the meal (laughs) so you can give them a choice. Um, those are, those are things. And then just trying to manage expectations as, as much as possible, because, you know, there's always going to be somebody cranky. There's always going to be something that goes bad. Building up a community of people who are rooting for you for the event to go well, that makes a big difference. And I remember one year as kind of a joke. I took a photo of myself breathing into a paper bag on Instagram. It said like me preparing for agents of change. And one of the guys in our community was like, Rich, We're all on your side. We're all rooting for you. And I know we all know you're going to rock it, right? And I was like, that was not what I was trying to accomplish there. But man, did that make me feel good going into it.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, last hard question. Not that they're hard, but if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is an agency owner like yourself looking to plan a live event, one piece of like solid advice, what would it be?
2: Well... I already said it, so I'll try and come up with another one. The biggest one is don't feel like you have to start too large. Like really start small. My first event was me and another marketer and we literally rented the Chamber of Commerce or maybe it was it is free for me now, I don't know if it was free back then, and just invited people, put up a couple posters and, and filled the room. And that was great. It was successful for what it was. Like you don't have to go big. I would say that just understand what your ultimate goals are. That would be the other big piece of advice. So are you looking to make money on the event? Are you looking at it as a lead generation tool, like you want to get leads from it? And make sure that all the decisions that you make are based on that. And I'll give you one other piece of advice. Create as much of an event feel as you possibly can. You know, we go to a lot of Lunch and Learns. We go to a lot of events. Um, I'm thinking of things like Social Media Marketing World, where Michael and Phil have really gone out of their way to create a vibe for the event, and admittedly, I haven't been in a few years. Um, but when I went, like the networking was off the hook. They put a lot of energy into that, and although I never liked high-fiving strangers, like they had the guy at the top of the stairs escalator who would high-five everybody. Yeah, um, and everybody was—they ch- just, you know, they they really thought about the conference as from the from the attendees standpoint. And I think that's a great piece of advice is that you want everybody walking away in a positive mood at the end of the day, because it's not if they learned something necessarily, they're not going to necessarily always remember that, but they are going to remember, did they have a good time? Yeah. And so I think that's a big part of it. So the the customer or the attendee experience is something that you should put a little extra effort into.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. It sounds silly, but like the high fiber. Yeah. Like the high fiber, like you just automatically smile, even if you like roll your eyes and smell, right? You're like, I don't want to give you, like, how about an elbow bump or whatever, right? But like, It's true. It puts you in a good mood right off the bat when you're walking in the doors, which just kind of lifts your mood and expectations going into the event. Do you, what kind of things like that do you, are you going to have a high fiver this year? There will
2: be no high fiver. That is not my, man. Um, but I do have a couple of things, but I want to say what they are right now because I do want there to be some surprises. And I don't have the budget of a social media marketing world, but we're going to, you know, agents of change has always been about what do you need to succeed today in whatever you're doing in marketing, but also what should you be, what are the trends you should be paying attention to because they're going to come for you in the future. And so we always try and have one or two things that might be a little bit fun. And sometimes even in our advertising years ago, I did a bunch of the word puzzles, like the kind of like the picture plus the letter, but, and you would have to figure out what those things were. Um, there is a specific word for them, but I'm blanking on what the word, like things like that. Like I, I, like the idea of trying, and this is why the whole vibe agents of change and we made them look like they're characters out of comic books and things like that. Like that's, I like to have fun. I'm a comic book geek. So it's like just trying to give your event some of your own personality.
1: Yes. Great advice. So last thing, tell everyone where they can find you and connect with you and also where they can find out about Agents of Change, which is coming up in October of this year. And hey, I'll be there.
2: Yes. So if you want to connect with me, I am the Rich Brooks On just about every social media platform, but I'm probably most active on LinkedIn, which I know makes me sound old and lame, but I really like LinkedIn. Um, And then if you are interested in coming to the conference, listen, you probably all want to come to Maine because either you've always wanted to go or your parents owned a camp there at some point, (laughs) you should come. October 4th, and then we've got Deep Dive Workshops on the 5th. You can learn all about it at theagentsofchange.com. And if you can't make it for some reason, I know there are conflicts, we are going to have a digital pass. So you'll be able to watch in your pajamas from your home or office.
1: Always such a lovely option. (laughs) Well, Rich, you've been extremely open and honest about your event, and I'm sure that the people watching and listening are going to pick up a ton of information and probably reach out to you for either a trip to Maine, some Maine beer, or just figure out how they can visit you at Agents of Change. I would encourage you to visit Maine that time of year too. Beginning of October is like- leaves are changing. Oh, it's so beautiful. So definitely consider the trip. It's well worth it. Thanks again. And we'll talk to everybody next time. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, let your friends know about this show. I'm at Brooke Sellis on Instagram and Twitter. And for fun, make sure you tag at SM Examiner. Also, be sure to check out our other shows, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, the Web3 Business Podcast, and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next week as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life. The
2: Marketing Agency Show is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smarketingsociety.com to find out more.